Hello and welcome into another Tuesday night, uh, a little over 24 hours after I left you guys here on the Dog Nation video channels. Uh, but my name is Connor Riley. It is Tuesday night. It means uh, Connor and coverage. We do this almost every Tuesday night, I believe. We were off last Tuesday, but uh, it is the off season, or not really, given all the news that we have seen happen in the sort of last 24 hours. Uh, Georgia has a decommitment. Kalen Lee backs off his pledge, 2023 cornerback, four-star prospect out of Cedar Grove High School. Still, obviously, a long way to go from the 2023 National Signing Day. Uh, EJ Lightsey, a 2022 uh, Georgia signee. Uh, unfortunately, was shot yesterday in his hometown of Fitzgerald, Georgia. It does sound like he is in good condition now, based on the latest reports out of the Albany area where he was transferred to. But our thoughts and continued prayers are still with Lightsey there, though it sounds like he's in better and better shape. And it looks like he's going to pull through what for a minute there was a very scary situation. And then obviously on top of all that, you have Matt Luke stepping down as the Georgia offensive line coach yesterday afternoon. I don't necessarily, and I'm going to play you guys a video clip tonight where Kirby smart after Georgia won the national championship. I think had a very telling interview with, with Reese Davis where I don't want to say he predicted this or, or specifically this with Luke, but it represents, I think what smart has recognized is a growing problem in the sport in terms of, you know, the, the way this sport has changed and how that impacts certain coaches. And I think Luke is an example of that. Nope. Don't need to play my iPod right now and get in trouble with uh, YouTube and things like that. But uh, changing, changing the subject here back to sort of Matt Luke and, and what he is sort of going through and, and why he elected to step down. I pull up the full screen, Matt Luke stepping down as Georgia's offensive line coach after two seasons here. Uh, you know, this is a move where Luke wants to spend more time with his family. I, I don't think it's anything more than that. He is someone who spent a lot of time in the coaching profession, essentially going straight from graduating as an Ole Miss player in 1998, going straight into the coaching ranks, working with Ole Miss, obviously spending a lot of time there was the head coach. Luke goes on and comes straight to Georgia offensive line coach and replacement for one Sam Pittman. And so I, I think you, what you see there with Luke is, and I truly believe this, it's just with the way that college football has changed and how much I think more intensive it has to be, <coughs> excuse me. If you're not 110% committed or 110% balls to the walls all the time as a coach, you're going to you know, have some questions about whether or not this is for you and whether or not this is the right job because it, it is a massive, at this point in time, time commitment from what is expected of you and what is needed to do. And I actually thought, as, as I mentioned off the top of our show here, Bruce Smart sort of touched on this a little bit shortly after Georgia won the national title in an interview, in a clip that I'm going to play you right here. Listen to what Kirby Smart sort of has to say about this and where things are among the Georgia coaching, or not just the Georgia coaching ranks, but college football coaching at large right now. And with the way that this game is changing and, and the hands-off approach that the NCAA has taken when it comes to finding the right types of people, finding you know the, the right balances and rules to strike with whether it be transfer portal, NIL, recruiting calendar, Listen to what Kirby Smart has to say here, specifically about sort of the time commitments and constraints that are put on these coaches and why I think you're going to maybe in, in futures, maybe not necessarily at Georgia, but at jobs around the country, you're going to see more coaches doing what Matt Luke ultimately did. 
it worries me, I'll be real honest with you, where the game of college football is going. First concern I have, the best leaders and the best men to run it and be organized with it are leaving. Because you said relentless. They're, the best coaches are going to the NFL because they get more time with their families. They want no part of NIL, portal, constant recruiting. And you say, well, why not? Go live it and see how long you want to do it. It's not what it used to be. And I see coaches left and right, you know a lot of them, that have stepped out of this game that are saying, I'm done. Good men, great leaders, they don't want to be a part of it. That concerns me for the future of it. Where's it going? So, yeah, you see Luke there, I, I think, be the first one from this Georgia coaching staff to make that move, to to step away from the Georgia program. And given all that he has done in his life as a coach, and he was clearly a valued Georgia assistant, only Todd Munkin was set to make more money next year as a Georgia assistant coach than Matt Luke. And a guy who has recruited at a very high level, I think, had this offensive line position to really take a big step forward in 2022 and be one of the best position groups, not just on the Georgia team, but in sort of college football as a whole here. I'm going to pull up a full screen. These are just some of the names to know on Georgia's offensive line next season, and I've broken them down into a couple of categories. You have guys who I think are already star players or all SEC caliber players right now if we had to vote on it today. Warren McClendon at right tackle, Cedric Von Prahn Granger at your center position, and obviously I misspelled his name there on the full screen you see. But I think when you look at that sort of those two guys, those are guys right now you feel very comfortable as all SEC players, or at least I do. I think while you know Warren McClendon was not the five-star that some of the other guys on this list were, just a rock-solid right tackle. And part of the reason Amarius Mims is going to really have to fight and scratch his way onto the field, despite, I think, his very high upside and talents. And then Cedric Von Prahn, Granger, obviously made big strides over the course of his first full season as a starter. And in year two for Georgia as the starting center, I expect him to only get better. He was also dealing a little bit with a wrist injury during the course of the last season. I expect that to be healed up and ready to go and in a better position. Next category, reliable vets or, or guys who have been in the system for a little while now. We know what they are and have a chance to maybe grow and, and do more this coming season. Warren Erickson started 14 games for Georgia last year. I, I would point out it did look like he got benched in the national title game for the guy that's next on our list, Broderick Jones, who I think Broderick Jones sooner rather than later is going to be on that star level for Georgia. But at this point in time, only has four starts. If you want to include the big time moments he played on the road at Auburn, filling in for an injured Damari Sawyer and then filling in once again, or filling in in the national championship game. I, I think there's a reliability that we know with, with Jones. And if we're able to see him start 13, 14, 15 games this season at the left tackle position, I think we feel very comfortable and confident in what Georgia is going to have at the left tackle position. And then Xavier trust and Devin Willick, two other guys who you're going to hear their names a lot, pushing for those starting guard reps, uh, at both right and left and left guard. I think those are probably the two biggest unknowns on the Georgia def- offensive line right now. And I think those guys are guys who have been in the program. Trust played a big role in that Tennessee game a season ago. Willick as well as a guy who's played significant snaps for Georgia. I, I think those are two names to know there in terms of the more reliable and older options. And then the longest category of names right here. These are guys who I, I think they're young, but if they come out and they have a really good uh, spring practice, and most importantly, all these guys are going to be in spring practice, and then an, a good fall camp, I would not surprise me to see them push their way onto the playing field. Uh, 
Tate Ratledge would probably be in the returning stars camp if he hadn't broken his foot in the first practice of the season or in the first drive of the season last year for Georgia, excuse me. From all accounts, one of the real winners from fall camp last year just absolutely dominated at the right guard spot and was said to be, I think, a real building block for this Georgia offensive line. We'll see how healthy he is. He's coming off Liz Franck surgery, and for those that know, that's a, that is a type of foot surgery that takes a little bit longer to recover, especially when you are a man of Ratledge's size. But that mullet, the type of player Ratledge is, it would not surprise me at all if he comes out and locks down one of those starting guard spots. We're going to skip Mims a little bit because I'm going to come back to him and touch on him in a little bit deeper. But Michael Morris, Dylan Fairchild, Jared Wilson, those are all second-year players in the system for Georgia. And guys, I think that I, now that they're in year two, these guys all went through spring uh, a season ago. You get them a little bit more suited to the college lifestyle. Be interested to see who sort of pushes their way up the depth chart from this group there, Ernest Green, freshman, uh, the highest ranked freshman signee that Georgia has, early enrollee, a guy who's going to go through spring practice, going to go through fall practice. I'll be interested to see sort of the progress that he makes as he makes the adjustment from high school to the college level. But Amarius Mims, I think, is maybe the most interesting offensive lineman and one of the more interesting players on this Georgia team this spring because his talent is so obvious. 6'8", 325 pounds, an effortless athlete at one of the tackle positions. And I think long-term is going to be a starting tackle for this Georgia team. But I think with Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon, you have guys that have played very significant football snaps and they're going to be difficult to unseat at the left tackle position for Jones and the right tackle position for McClendon. And so with Mims, he might very well be one of Georgia's best five offensive linemen, but he might not necessarily be one of their two best tackles. And so I'm going to be interested to see how much of a push to say Mims make at the guard position this year. And I would point to Evan Neal, a guy who is going to be a top 10 pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Evan Neal was a guy who, who, when he first got to Alabama, the quickest way for him to get on the field was at that guard position. And so I wonder if Mims sort of makes that same transition there at the offensive line spot as he looks to break into the Georgia lineup this year, potentially as a starter. So whoever ends up Georgia ends up hiring as its offensive line coach, I think they're going to have a lot of talent to work with there. Uh, Matt Luke has very much kept this covered stock. I think it dates back to Sam Pittman and, in terms of what Kirby Smart wants as a whole, he has shown that he is going to swing for the fences when it comes to hiring an offensive line coach. He wants a guy who is going to absolutely dominate this position and really be one of the better recruiters on this Georgia team because year in, year out, uh, he wants a, a very solid, strong offensive line. And even I think this 2021 offensive line, I, I wouldn't use the word great to describe them, but you know, ranked top 10 in the country in sacks once they made the change from uh, Warren Erickson to Broderick Jones on the offensive line there. They made some real steps forward uh, in that game against Alabama. And I think their physicality in the second half of that game was, was a big reason why the offense found the success that it did. So whoever Georgia goes out and hires here, I, I think this is maybe the most pivotal offense, or certainly on the offensive side, but I think maybe even on a whole, whoever Georgia hires as this offensive line coach might be the most pivotal hire of the offseason. I know you might say, Connor, well, they had to hire a defensive coordinator. Kirby Smart is one of the best defensive minds in college football. Uh, Will Muschamp is already on the staff as well. And Glenn Schumann is a, a widely regard, a well-regarded defensive mind and up-and-comer as well. All three of those guys were always going to be on the staff this season. And if that was going to be the case, I feel very comfortable about whoever was going to be the defensive coordinator for this team. 
offensive line is a little bit of a different beast here. And even you look at some of the guys within the sort of Georgia offensive brain trust, Todd Munkin is a wide receivers and quarterbacks coach guy. Uh, Buster Faulkner, an offensive analyst, quarterbacks guy. Mike Bobo, quarterbacks guy. Uh, Todd Hartley works primarily with the tight ends. Del McGee is a running backs guy. They do not necessarily have an offensive line expert here, a guy that is going to be the foremost authority on this staff on that topic. And when you make big swings like Sam Pittman, like Matt Luke, the flip side of that is when you lose those guys, Pittman becoming the uh, head coach at Arkansas and being incredibly successful there, I'd point out at this point in time as well. And now Luke stepping down as Georgia's offensive line coach. The shoes there are a little bit bigger to replace than, say, a first-year defensive backs coach in Jamila Dye. So what is Georgia going to be looking for in the qualities of its next offensive line coach there? And some quick little bullet points here that I pulled up. Uh, they have to have ties to the current Georgia staff. Uh, I think when you look at the, at the hires Georgia has made, you know, look at Brian McClendon. McClendon is a guy obviously worked at Georgia before, but worked a lot with Will Muschamp, worked a lot with Mike Bobo. I, I think there's a sense of, of familiarity that Kirby Smart really likes. He, he at, at big-time positions or big-time hires, I, I think maybe wants to have a little bit more of a known entity. You see Dan Lanning getting promoted uh, to defensive coordinator after serving as an outside linebackers coach. Mel Tucker coming over from Alabama as his first defensive coordinator here at Georgia. Uh, James Coley, when he was promoted offensive coordinator, was already on staff at Georgia. So in looking at the coaches, when they have to go out and make a really big hire with, I think, the exception of Todd Munkin at this point, having ties to members of this current staff, whether it be having worked with Kirby Smart in the, in the past or working with sort of the must-chant, the growing must-champ tree on this staff, I think that's going to be something that, that, that really matters here. Number two, and I think this might be the most important thing, obviously recruiting is critical in, in the hiring of any Georgia offensive line coach or really any Georgia position coach, but specifically with this group, being able to recruit the, the state of Georgia. If I go back to the offensive line names to know here that I pulled up earlier, let's go through and count how many of these guys are from the state of Georgia. Warren McClendon, that's one. Warren Erickson, two. Broderick Jones, three. Tate Ratledge, four. Amarius Mims, five. Michael Morris, six. Dylan Fairchild, seven. Those are seven names right there, all from the state of Georgia. And I think as we see NIL, Transfer Portal, become bigger and bigger. Yes, you're going to need to be able to win national recruiting battles, but it's going to become even more important to win at the local level here. And in the hiring of Mike Bobo, Kirby Smart mentioned the relationships that Bobo has within sort of a five-hour radius of, of, of Athens. And I think that's very, very important that for whoever Georgia goes out and hire here, they need to have the ability to recruit the state of Georgia because you look at some of the offensive linemen that have come through this program. The two that are going to be drafted this coming draft, Justin Schaefer and Jamari Sawyer, both from the state of Georgia. The two offensive linemen that were drafted from Georgia in the last cycle, Ben Cleveland and Trey Hill, both from, both from the state of Georgia. The highest drafted Bulldog to this point in time under Kirby Smart, Andrew Thomas, the number four overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft from the state of Georgia. You have to be able to recruit offensive linemen from the state of Georgia at Georgia. That has been a huge reason for their success. And I think if you're going to want to see that continue, whoever the offensive line coach is, is going to be that. And then third, this sort of touches a little bit on A, Luke stepping down, and B, you, you hear Kirby talk about earlier the grind, the relentlessness that comes with this. 
The reality is college football right now, it is not an old man's game in terms of the coaching aspects of this. This is a young man's game. They have to be able to relate to recruits. And I would point out there as well, handle the sort of relentlessness, to, to use what Kirby had said there, that comes with being a college football coach nowadays. And Matt Luke, you know, I think made it clear that that aspect of life for him, it was just hard to keep up and give 100% while also doing the things that he wants to do with his family. And I actually think Matt Luke deserves to be commended for recognizing that, hey, I, I want to step away to focus and spend more time with my family because I think that's a, lot, a, a thing, myself included, a lot of people just can't necessarily do right now, recognize that I need and I have the ability to step back, reevaluate my life and, and reprioritize what is important to me. And good on Matt Luke for having the wherewithal to recognize that his family is much more important to him than being the offensive line coach at Georgia. So with all that in mind, and before we open it up for questions, my boss BJ has jokingly asked for this. What are some names to know? Who, who is Georgia going to go target? Who are they going to go look at? Who are they going to go get? And I will say, I, I think with this hire in particular, Georgia's going to look to move very quickly in terms of who it hires. Spring practice is less than three months or three weeks away. Uh, you're at a point in the calendar where most of your ducks are in a row. And I would point out as well here with the recruiting cycle opening up again in March, Georgia's going to want to have an answer by March 1st here. So a little over a week. For, if Georgia doesn't have an offensive line coach, when I'm talking to you guys next Tuesday, I'm going to be very, very surprised because I just think Georgia, Georgia knows who it can target. It knows, I think, what it is looking for and who it wants in the offensive line coach and sort of who fills and fits the shoes that Mac Luke left behind. I, if next Tuesday night we're on here talking again and we still don't know who the offensive line coach is, I'm going to be a little bit surprised there because the recruiting calendar, I believe, reopens on March 1st there, and it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. So I, I've cobbled together some names who I think sort of fit the parameters that I just laid out there for the most part. You know, they might alter a little bit here or there, but they all have at least one thing they check off there. Cody Kennedy, first up, name to know, Arkansas offensive line coach, obviously working with Sam Pittman. He spent his first season as the Arkansas offensive line coach last year. He also spent some time on field at Tulane. Most importantly here, he was a, a an, an I believe an analyst on the 2018 Georgia team. So obviously he has worked at Georgia before. He's worked with Kirby Smart. He understands what it takes to succeed at this level and to win at a place like Georgia. So I do think that matters here. Up next, Will Friend. Quite frankly, I'd be surprised if they, really these next two names gain a lot of traction. Will Friend, obviously coached at Georgia in the offensive line room back during the Mark Rick days, has worked a lot with Mike Bobo. I believe was his offensive coordinator at Colorado State. Followed uh, uh, Bobo to, uh, or he, uh, Will Friend was obviously also the offensive line coach at Tennessee. Was in 2020 the offensive line coach at I'm blanking on where he was there, but. He was at Auburn this past season, obviously, where Bobo was the offensive coordinator there. I think that's a big name to know, but I'd honestly be pretty surprised if it is him. Uh, if it does, I think maybe that speaks to the sway that, say, uh, Mike Bobo does have on this new staff now. Nick Jones, another name to know. He's obviously in the NFL ranks right now. He's in the Los Angeles Rams assistant. Just won a Super Bowl for the Rams. Played at Georgia in the 2000s. Was on those teams with Brian McClendon when Kirby Smart was here as an assistant in 2005. But he has, does not necessarily have the, the coaching pedigree that I think Georgia is looking for in terms of being a, an offensive line coach at a program like Georgia and the recruiting aspect that comes with that. But he does obviously have ties to the state, to the program. 
and is an up and coming coach. And I think someone who's going to be a position coach, certainly at the NFL level. And as we know, maybe potentially at the college level, his last two names here, these are swinging for the fences higher. Uh, Eric Walford, who was just hired as the Alabama offensive line coach this cycle, was at Kentucky last year. Most importantly, from 2017 to 2020, was the offensive line coach at South Carolina, where he worked with Brian McClendon. He worked with Mike Bobo. He worked with Will Muschamp, most importantly there. And while he just took the Alabama offensive line job, I think maybe the familiarity that comes with Muschamp, Bobo, McClendon, that sort of brain trust there, I think could make things very interesting for Walford if Georgia is able to go out and get him. And then Brent Key, a guy who has not directly worked with Georgia or worked with anyone on this Georgia staff, but he spent time at Alabama from 2016 to 2018. Currently, the the offensive line coach at Georgia Tech. And if you look at what is going on right there, similar to Will Friend at Auburn, uh, it looks like they are rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic at those two schools. I will note Key is at his alma mater right there in Georgia Tech, but he's recruited the state of Georgia, has obviously a lot of ties here and He's not making a whole lot of money, making less than $500,000 if I, if I read that correctly. So maybe someone that is attainable that might be looking to leave has ties to the state here, has worked at a place like Alabama. So he understands sort of the grind that comes with coaching at the top, top level for Georgia. So that's sort of five names to know there. I'll throw those out. How serious those names are. We'll see in the coming days. But as I touched on earlier, I'd be really surprised if we're here next Tuesday, a week from now, March 1st, actually, if there is not a higher a name in place for Georgia at that point in time. You know, obviously they took their time replacing Dan Lanning with Chidera, Uzo Deribe, uh, Fran Brown, I think it was about maybe a little over two weeks or a week and a half from Jamila Dye leaving to Brown being hired there. Brian McClendon, I think, was about a week and a half from when Cortez Hankton left. So Georgia's going to be, I, I think, moving quickly when it comes to finding its next offensive line coach because you want to have that set up, obviously, for spring practice, but I think maybe even more importantly, once that recruiting calendar opens back up again and Georgia is able to sort of hit the ground running with whoever that new offensive line coach is for the 2023 recruiting cycle. And on that note, I will open it up to comments, thoughts, and questions, and I'm sure someone will say something about Arch Manning. So I'll just I'll leave this here and say it at the top of this questions and, and whatnot, because obviously Matt Luke ties to Ole Miss was a coach on staff when Eli Manning was the quarterback there at Ole Miss in the early 2000s. I know a lot of people want to make a big deal out of this, but the reality is I think as long as, as Todd Munkin and Buster Faulkner are still on staff for this Georgia team and Georgia program, I think those guys factor a lot more into the recruitment of Arch Manning than I do think of Matt Luke. I think those guys obviously would have a bigger hand in the development of Arch Manning, obviously being the quarterback's coach there, or the offensive coordinator quarterback's coach, and obviously Faulkner is a very valuable uh, off-field analyst who I think one day will be on staff at Georgia. So while I know some people might be worried about you know, the potential of what Luke meant for Arch Manning, one, I- I'm a little – Miff's not the right word. Annoyed maybe – more just all this Arch Manning chatter. Like, Arch Manning's not better than Trevor Lawrence. He might not be better than Justin Fields, at least from a prospect standpoint. So, you know, every year it seems we, we, we find these generational quarterback types. And, you know, I mean, Quinn Ewers at Texas couldn't get on the field at Ohio State this past season. Uh, Brock Vandergriff is a really talented quarterback, five-star prospect. Obviously, Manning's a little bit higher of a prospect. But given his last name, I think that obviously adds more excitement to the recruitment. But 
he's no different than, you know, the top quarterback in every other year. And if I'm actually, uh, I went through this last night, going back to 2009, the only two times in, in recruiting cycles from 2009. So from 2009 to 2019, the only time that the number one quarterback in that recruiting class, which is what Arch Manning is right now, the only times the number one overall quarterback was the number one quarterback taken in the draft. This happened exactly twice. Jameis Winston in 2012 and um, Trevor Lawrence in 2018. It is is a little bit of of a rarity uh, from, from top high school quarterback prospects to go on to be the number one overall quarterback draft prospects. So, uh, you know, there are also some really talented quarterbacks already in the 2023 quarterback class. Uh, Nico Imoveve or Vea, however you pronounce his name from out there in California. Malachi Nelson. Uh, there's a quarterback from up there into the Detroit area. There's a lot of talented quarterbacks in this class. And well, obviously Arch Manning is a much hyped prospect again, largely because of his last name. It's not a guarantee that he is the number one quarterback in this 2023 recruiting class. And with that, let's open it up and answer your questions. Let's see. Uh, Craig Hill, Stacy Sherrills. That's a good name there. I I did lean towards he was a little bit on the older side, and you wonder how much longer he's going to be on the rope uh, in terms of wanting to be a a head coach and sort of grind things out. But he is at North Carolina, obviously was at Georgia from 2007 to 2010 has experience recruiting there, has won some big recruiting battles in his time. Uh, so I think the age factor for me is why maybe Cheryl's didn't make it on my list, but certainly I, I would say a name to follow there. Let's see. Uh, so GSA one, I actually don't think this with, with the offensive line recruiting position, because, you know, Brian McClendon was a name everyone knew and was really excited. And Georgia went out and got him. I do think obviously with Uzo Deribe and Fran Brown at defensive backs, those are names that were not on the, so to speak, you know, coaching hot board list when those first were developed and came out when a die left. And obviously when Dan Lanning leaves, but I think this position is so important that Georgia absolutely needs to to make it a, a guy that some people are at least aware of and, and know. So I, I do think that this is going to be a bigger name higher than the other two defensive assistants we saw get hired. Let's see. Comments, thoughts, questions. I'm scrolling up. I'll scroll down a little bit. Uh, yeah, Dustin Dampier. I, personally speaking, I'd be surprised if Will Friend is the answer. Uh, so we'll, we'll see there, but uh, he's a name because he does fit some of the qualifications that I listed. But personally speaking, I don't think Will Friend is going to be the offensive line coach at Georgia as it stands right now. Hugh Nash are making me laugh about Ari Gilmert. Uh, today is his birthday. Kirby Smart tweeted that out about him. So uh, happy birthday to uh, Ari Gilbert there. Yeah, G. Bama boy brings this up. Uh, head coach stability and, and offensive coordinator matter most uh, when it comes to Arch Manning. I, I don't think offensive line coach really matters all that much. And I'd point out Matt Luke is still staying in the Athens area. And so if there is a strong family connection between, you know, the Lukes and the Mannings, he'll still be in Athens and be a resource there. Uh, hold on. Uh, Jerry Dogs fan from YouTube brings this up. I don't think it'd be an NFL guy. I, I think, you know, with, with the way college recruiting is and how important recruiting on the offensive line has been for Georgia, personally speaking here, 
I'd be surprised if, if they brought in a guy predominantly NFL. I think they want a guy who understands how to recruit in the modern way and all that it comes with there because it's so important. And this is maybe a position where you, you want a, a trusted recruiter. And let's look at what happened with Auburn and Austin Davis, a guy who never really recruited before comes from the NFL and after six weeks realizes this is just not for him. And so I think there's a little bit of a worry that there today. Uh, Jennifer Caldwell Sperlin. Yeah. Kay and Lee, a four-star cornerback from the 2023 class decommitted today out of uh, Cedar Grove high school. Sounds like uh, Ohio State is a team to watch there. They're obviously in on him before. Uh, Arkansas, obviously. Jimmy Smith, who is the running backs coach there, obviously was the former coach there. And I got to stop saying obviously so much. Jimmy Smith was the running backs coach at Arkansas right now. A big reason why Jaden Hazelwood is at Arkansas. So I think that's going to be something to watch going forward uh, for Lee. But he did decommit today. Georgia, eight commitments in the 2023 class. Still the number two overall recruiting class and. Uh, we all know how well Georgia recruits, even with Miami, USC, Texas, Texas A&M stepping their games up. Georgia is still going to recruit at a top five level. Let's see. Oh, and how about this? Uh, Bo Hewley tweets out, 100% committed to UGA. Go dogs. So there you go. Answering some of the questions, obviously. A, a, a major commit uh, for Georgia in the 2023 class. So let's see. Thoughts? Let me see. Let's try and pull up on the homepage. All right, nothing there. Let's keep scrolling. Uh, Paul Moon brings up Buster Faulkner. I'll point out he got a big raise. He got one hundred and fifty thousand or one hundred thousand dollar raise this offseason. Is now making two hundred fifty thousand dollars as an analyst. Uh, we'll see how long Munkin sticks around, but I I do think going forward in future off seasons, Faulkner going on staff, I think is going to be something we ultimately see from Georgia. Uh, let's keep scrolling. Um, hold on, this is a good one. DSA. So DSA brings up, you know, do you think Kirby Poles, Big Ten, ACC, or Pac twelve? Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think it, it depends what they fit and what they value. You know, Bill Benenbaugh was a name that got thrown out pretty quickly yesterday. Obviously, the offensive line at Oklahoma, offensive line coach at Oklahoma has had a ton of, a ton of success there. Obviously, understands the modern recruiting game and was a big win for Oklahoma to keep him. We'll see if George is able to pry him away from there. But, you know, I, I think Kirby Smart is going to absolutely swing for the fences here when it comes to landing a big name offensive line coach because I think it is that important to what Georgia wants to do. Let's see. Uh, Randy Hall, why would David Andrews become available? He, he's a starting center for the New England Patriots making millions of dollars. Like, no, come on. I, I, I know what you're saying, but. David Andrews is currently an NFL player and very much enjoying it and very much enjoying being a New England Patriot. And as a Patriot fan, I love that David Andrews is going to continue to be the center there. So I personally speaking would much rather have David Andrews continue to be the starting center for the New England Patriots than have him be an offensive line coach at the university of Georgia. Uh, it's a good question. Chase White sort of away from the offensive line coach, but what is Fran Brown's best quality based on the early reports? 
this guy's a dog on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, I think really he's going to open up some inroads to Georgia for Georgia in the northeast part of the country, especially in the state of New Jersey. Uh, maybe even in that Philadelphia area there as well, which they put out a lot of prospects in recent years. Obviously, Tyke Smith is a player on this team now, but DeAndre Swift in years past uh, from that Philadelphia area, Mark Webb as well, Kyle Pitts. Uh, in this past cycle, you saw Anai White, Christian Barrymore, who is with the Patriots as well from that Philadelphia area. I, I think he's going to be able to recruit up there as well as he has some ties to Texas when he was the coach there at Baylor with working with Matt Rule. I think it's interesting how both Uzo Deribe and Fran Brown both have some ties to Texas and coaching in that state. And you see Georgia in this, in this past cycle, land Dylan Bell out of the Houston area, land Andrew Paul out of the Dallas area there, Georgia making a, a more concerned effort to recruit the state of Texas. I find that very interesting. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Randy Hall did bring up Cody Kennedy. It was the first name I brought up there. It was a GA for Georgia in 2018. Offensive line coach there for the pit boss right now. So I think that's interesting uh, to watch going forward. Let's see. Uh, John Shaw, why have we lost four coaches so quickly? So I, I, I can explain all of these. Dan Lanning obviously has to move on. He was the head coach. He got a head coaching job at Oregon. That, that, that's hard to say no to. Uh, Cortez Hankton, the move's not surprising. I think Georgia wanted to go a little bit in a different direction, a wide receiver. And I mean, no, uh, LSU was paying him $900,000. That's almost twice what he was making at Georgia. That, that, that's a significant raise there. Jamel Adai, we've touched on this before. I think there were some questions about fit and how he sort of fit in with the staff there when you're working with Kirby Smart in the defensive back coach room, you're working with Will Muschamp there. How much sort of upward mobility is there going to be, especially if you want to get up and climb the coaching ranks quickly? I think that explains why he left for Miami. And, and so Hankton and Adai sort of make the lateral move there. And with Miami, it, they took a long time in hiring their coordinators. And so I think that backed a lot of things up in, tor- in terms of who they hire there. And, and then with Matt Luke, I will note the, the the timing of this is a little curious, but he, again, is making the decision to step away and to be with his family. So I, I think all four of these assistant coach departures are fairly explainable. I, I think the best thing, though, that I would point out, and I believe I wrote about it last week, it looks like George is going to be able to keep Todd Munkin, which was not a slam dunk at the beginning of January. And so you have that. You bring him back there. I think that's really, really big for Georgia and really important. And if I told you before the year, Georgia's going to win a national type championship. I think a lot of people probably felt that you probably see Todd Munkin go back to the NFL. So if you're able to keep him for another year, that is a massive win for Georgia. So let's see. Uh, thoughts, comments, questions. Uh, looks like I'm going to have to go block someone on YouTube. Let's get one or two more good questions here uh, before we call it a night. Obviously, Brandon on vacation right now. Um, Jeff Sintel also on vacation. Uh, Mike Griffith off the last two days. Been a busy, busy couple of days, uh, sort of as to be expected. But that's sort of what you sign up for in the way that it is. So uh, let's see. There we go. Uh, 
Todd David Brown, Matt Stinchcomb for offensive line coach. John Stinchcomb's name got thrown out there yesterday. Uh, you know, I understand, obviously, Matt and John, two great players for this university, great representatives. Uh, I, I think Georgia's going to look to swing for even bigger fences than the Stinchcombs, though no doubt they would be very good players, or coaches even. Uh, let's see. One more. Um, I'm trying to see. Yeah, so Marshall Fleming, uh, and this has been a name brought up there as well, Jonas Jennings. Uh, I think Georgia's going to want a more proven name and entity at that offensive line coach position, just given how we've seen Georgia target this absence in the past. Sam Pittman was a home run hire when Georgia hired him uh, in 2016. Matt Luke, I would say, qualifies that as well, given he was a head coach at the SEC level just a few weeks before he accepted that job at Georgia. So I understand why Jennings, and I think Jennings is a, is a very important name to know the, to those who follow the Georgia program, and, and he does a lot for this program and for this team. But I, I think they want a very clear and proven entity. You know, Uzo Deribe, Fran Brown, those are more promising up-and-coming guys. I think this offensive line hire is going to be closer to what Georgia did with Brian McClendon and really make a swing for the fences there. So, yeah. Uh, Chase White, any update on the scholarship count? Yeah, I did this maybe a few weeks ago, and I've had a story or two up on it on Dog Nation. I believe right now they're at 81 or 82 for this spring period, but they've got 11 signees coming in. So I believe they're at 81 signee or 81 scholarship players right now. They're at 92 starting this summer, which means you're probably going to see seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 players hit the transfer portal and transfer out after spring practice when these guys get a better idea. And that just sort of speaks to the way college football is and run these days. So, uh, Lee Gardens, uh, and I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name there on YouTube. Will Malachi Stark start at safety this year? I'm going to say no. I could think maybe you see him at star, but you know, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, he's enrolled early. We'll see how quickly he gets up to speed. But Dan Jackson is back. William Poole is back. Obviously, Chris Smith is going to lock down one of the starting safety spots. If Chris Smith had bounced to the NFL, I think maybe you see him there. I also wouldn't be stunned to see if maybe Georgia even dips into the transfer portal at that safety position. So we'll see there. Uh, I, I think if, if you know Malachi maybe were a cornerback, maybe he'd have a better chance at that position. But we shall see there. Uh, Thomas, dude, this is a good last question. Uh, how good can Georgia's offensive line be next season? If, if let's say Tate Ratledge is hundred percent healthy and he's playing like he was in August of last year for this team. And, and Broderick Jones continues to get better there. And so does Cedric Van Praan, Granger in the middle and Warren McClendon at right tackle, whether it's Amarius Mims there at right guard, Xavier Trust, Devin Willock, Warren Erickson, whoever it is there. I think, that there's a chance, you know, this 2018 line, a lot of th- all those pieces are going to have to come together and play well to be as good as that 2018 line. But that 2017 offensive line, uh, I think it's certainly going to be an improved line over what we've seen these past two seasons. And I think there's a lot of talent and a lot of upside for this room. That's why I think nailing this coaching hire on this offensive line position is so critical because you, you know, a week ago before Matt Luke had stepped down, you expected this offensive line group to be one of the better ones on the team. And so now it's going to be interesting to see how much does this coaching change really impact that? And so 
If Georgia's able to go out and hire a big name, one of the names we listed here, Cody Kennedy, Brent Key, Eric Wolford, uh, you know, even say a Will Friend or a Nick Jones, uh, Stacey Sherrill's there as well, sort of run the gambit there uh, on players and coaches who might fill that role. Whoever Georgia ultimately ends up hiring to be that next coach, I think it's going to be important that they're able to get this group to play well and play well together because if this team is going to try and repeat as national champions next year, the offensive line is, is going to need to be a strength for this team. So that'll do it for us here tonight. Uh, you've got Brandon Adams with some pre-tape shows the rest of this week. No before the hedges tomorrow night with Jeff Santel. As I mentioned before, he's on vacation. Probably no cover four on Thursday night as well either. But with Jeff and BA back next week, that we will be back next Tuesday. Mike Griffith will be on the beat next Monday. I imagine this time next week we'll be talking about Georgia's newest offensive line coaching hire, whoever that is. I expect it to be sort of a bigger, more well-known name, and we'll look to learn about who that is in these coming days here. But Matt Luke, no longer the Georgia offensive line coach, stepping down. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We do this every Tuesday night. We'll obviously be back next Tuesday. But thanks again for tuning in. My name is Connor Riley. This is a Dog Nation production. This has been Connor and Coverage. We will see you next Tuesday night.